The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. We're starting things off solemn this week. We're not going to get bombastic. We're not going to fly off the handle because I need to tell you all something. I need to start things serious for a minute because I need to start this program with a warning. For nearly every week, for like the seven years that we've hosted this program, this program has been pleasant, delightful, easygoing, fun to be around. We don't cause no trouble. We don't bother nobody. But every once in a while, a confluence of events happens. An unlikely gust in the winds of fate brings us to a moment where this once reasonable, affable podcast becomes completely undeniably and unequivocally insufferable because something you need to know about this podcast, something that you need to have burned into your mind, branded into your skull is the fact that this program, we are three Oh five till we die. Nothing will bring us out of this town. Sea level rise still here. My electric bill is triple what it was five years ago. Still here. Unreasonable cost of living. Still here. Christo-fascist politicians. Still here. And you know what makes a 305 Till We Die podcast unacceptably annoying? Why you need to be warned? It happens when not one, but two eight seeds in South Florida sports make the finals. Miami Heat, NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler, you can have my kidney. I don't even care that you don't need it. Florida Panthers, Stanley Cup Finals. Yes, hockey. When the Panthers are in the finals, Miami will pretend to care about hockey. Do any of us in Miami know how icing works? No. Did any of us know who Sergei Bobrovsky was eight weeks ago? No. But we are here for the mother bleeping hockey. I know enough hockey. I've been Shorzy on Hulu. I get the gist. So yeah, Miami, our Miami, 305 is the center of the sports universe. And so you have been warned, Sirius XM, it is time to get annoying. Oh my goodness. Here we go, baby. 305 NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. 305, Elisa Rock Doc is here. What's going on? Woo! Revin the 305 in Dallas. Yo, Revin the 305. I got the pots and pans. I got the pots and pans. That's right. Those pots and pans are getting whacked and hit. Bird Road in 87th, the center of the sports universe. We're all hitting flatties, baby. Jimmy Butler, we love you. Keith Kachuk, we love you. Alexander Barkov, we love you. Caleb Martin, we love you. Cody Zeller, we like you as a friend. Because we're so annoying right now. Oh my God. Elisa, how are both of these teams in the finals? Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller. The Cody Zeller minutes. He's going to get in everybody's way, including our own guys. But we love him too. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. He didn't even play in game seven. Good. (gasps) By By dudes. Named Caleb and Caleb Duncan and Duncan. Cody. <laughs> Just some t- 
dudes. Just, We're just bringing out some dudes. Just found some dudes at Tamiami Park and suited them up, and they won game seven. Just some dudes and Udonis Haslam. And Udonis Haslam. Put Udonis in. Absolutely. Oh, we needed. Oh, my God. I. This, how is this I'm happening? Cry, right? At least these are both eight seeds. Like the fact of one of them making the championship is a statistical improbability. Both it of them making it. Sunrise. It doesn't snow in sunrise. <laughs> we don't. I swear to God. At least I don't know the rules of hockey. Like my wife, like Ooh. asks me what offsides is, and I just have to make something up. <laughs> The arena is next to Sawgrass Mills Field. <laughs> <laughs> and an Ikea. <laughs> I saw the only people, The only people in that hockey arena who know how to skate are the people on the ice. <laughs> Ooh, but we man. will pretend to like hockey and know what it means. I've been to Hot Wheels. <laughs> One. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it's a, you know what it's a lot like, and I feel bad for this because I actually like I, I've done some hockey reading. I found out that like a Canadian NHL team has not won the Stanley Cup Finals in like twenty years or something, which is and, wild, right? And then like Miami gets to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. This is a lot like when Lance Armstrong was winning all those Tour de France's, and America was just like celebrating because it's like we're winning at stuff we don't even like that much. We, we don't care about we cycling. Have no, no business being but, here. But this means so much to you, France. We and all these no European countries. None. <laughs> like no business at all. Win or lose the Stanley Cup finals, we will stop caring about hockey 10 minutes after this is over. But right now, oh my God. I have between also living in Dallas that was a fun experience the one second that I thought that we were going to have a Stars Panthers Stanley Ooh. Cup final I would have lost my mind Evan had a gig playing in front of the stadium like just outside the stadium uh, for one of the uh, Stars games and it got rained out so he never got a chance to to actually play and then of course the Stars got knocked out so whatever but not a coincidence see honestly <laughs> that's why that's why that guy got so mad and cross-checked the other dude and got suspended for two games because Evan didn't play <laughs> wanted to hear some tasty shreds oh my god but oh. Uh, I can I cannot even like of course they had to take it to seven because I feel like Miami like Miami never feels good about anything unless it's getting booed while it's happening. Yeah. We we have to get hated or it's not fun for us. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> um, and that's but like at least like pretty for starting tomorrow as we record this. There is I, I will show you what my journal looks like. Yeah, there's basically a championship game for South Floridians to watch every freaking night. Yeah, I see it there in the journal. Like like you get like one day every four days out. to you know to to nap and to get the alcohol out of your system, and then it's right back to watching a championship game again. Do you know what it is to have like summer games done quick going on right now and playoff sports while Tears of the Kingdom is in my hands? <laughs> I am having like the best few weeks of my life, honestly, honestly. <laughs> it seems like a, there's, a, there's a lot going on right now. This is, and so as a result, we're getting annoying. Yeah. Oh yes, two eight seeds. Oh my god, we don't deserve to be here. <laughs> we really don't. Oh my but god, we're gonna put it in your face that we are though. Timothy oh. Butler, everybody. <laughs> Him my goodness, Timothy Buckets, Esquire. Oh. And you know, Zach Sloan is, you know, our co Zach Sloan. He's a Denver person. <gasps> and, you know, so we got a little rivalry going there, although he's Ooh. also the nicest person in the world. So he probably is rooting for us. Mm. Like, he'd be like, I just, like, he'll be, he'll be, he'll, he'll be like, oh, if you, if the Heat win, I'll just be so happy for you guys because Zach Sloan's <laughs> just such a wonderful human. <laughs> oh. You all guys just, you just wanted it more. 
That's <laughs> what he would say. Uh, <laughs> Producer Laura just wrote me and said, did you listen to last week's show? I didn't catch all of it. I need to talk. L- let me tell you what happened with respect to last week's show, Elisa Rock oh. Talk, because I did not get to listen to all of last week's show because I wasn't on last week's show. And I wasn't on last week's show because while last week's show was happening, um, I was 35,000 feet above my studio in an airplane that was circling Miami International Airport. Um, I took a little uh, vacation uh, up to Massachusetts for a few days. I was going right to Boston like while the Heat was playing the Celtics. Oh, wow. But um, And so I was like, all right, we're going to fly back Wednesday night. Right, you know, right before the podcast starts, I'll be able to make the show. Ryan and oh. Zach Sloan and producer Lauren, it's going to be great. We got lots of cool things to talk about. We're going to interview. Yeah, Andy that Frosco. was your first mistake. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, but like I, I had it all planned out, and I really wanted to interview Andy Frasco. He's an amazing guest last week. If you didn't check out that interview, check it out. So anyway, um, you might have. Oh no, you wouldn't have known this because you're not in Miami. But Miami had the worst storms that Wednesday night. And so it's just raining. And so the the plane can't land in Miami. And we're just circling the airport with my uh, 10-month-old infant oh. doing his fl- first flight. And so naturally, when you're doing your first flight with a baby, you want as many things to go wrong on the plane as possible. Mm-hmm. And so finally, the plane just circling the airport for about an hour, uh, the, the pilot just goes, given up we're taking this thing to fort lauderdale we're going to land in fort lauderdale fort lauderdale is a town right next to miami it is it is the fort worth <laughs> of elisa's right. dallas uh, well it uh, in in the sense that it is like why are you putting us two cities together we are in no way actually that That's close to true. each other yes <laughs> absolutely but yeah it's but it's it's the next if, if you can't land in miami that's where you got to land yeah and so i'm just thinking all right you know what fine this sucks but at least we're going to get this screaming child off the plane. We'll get in an Uber. We'll Uber an hour and 10 minutes back oh. to my house Ugh. just to like get this baby in bed. Mm. And so we land on the tarmac in Fort Lauderdale and the pilot says, so if you want to leave the plane, you are welcome to do so. However, your bags are going back to Miami, whether you're on the plane or not. We cannot take your bags off the plane now. And so we couldn't leave because our baby stroller was in the was in the plane. We had like oh, five bags of luggage oh. because like when you have a kid, your days of carry on luggage are over. <laughs> You're oh, checking man. bags because there's all kinds of crap you got to take with you. So we couldn't leave. And so we were stuck on the tarmac for like another two hours um, with this baby that we could not leave the plane. And then we the weather clears up. We get to Miami like around midnight and change. Oof. And so like we completely missed the podcast. Thankfully... Lauren and Zach Sloan do a terrific job with Andy Frosco. Uh, Andy had so many nice things to say about uh, Lauren and Zach's interview. So I'm not sure about what all the questions were, but he must have been pretty happy with you two. <laughs> Lauren, uh, what? So how did the program go in my absence? I, you know, you're saying that Zach, this lovely, nice guy, which I agree, he's a lovely, nice guy who is also super ready to like rub your nose in his team kicking yours as bums. And he had the AI overlord like pitching on his side of this campaign. And like he he literally spent the entire episode sad that you weren't there because he wanted to rub it in your face that they can sweep and you can't. That's Zach. I'm just saying, like you're like, oh, he's so he's gonna be rooting for us. I was like, oh, you missed it. Oh man, he wasn't like, oh, how's Ryan's flight going? Oh, I hope it's good. He's like, man, sorry he's not here because I really wanted to rub it in his. Don't tell me that Denver Nuggets (laughs) fandom is what brings out the a hole in Zach Sloan. This otherwise immaculate human being, the best among us. Yeah, but that's like like, sports in general, right? Like your evil alter ego comes out when there's a sports team involved. You're like, oh, it's so nice. I hope you die. (laughs) Apparently. Jesus. (laughs) But we missed you. I I had to channel my inner Ryan and then I make your intro and then you have to like solemn it out. I thought you were going to be like, well, after Lauren did it, I'm done. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
Let me let me just put out a message to all of the people who fill in for me on this program. Because Elisa, you filled in for me on this program. Lawrence filled in. Zach's filled in. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will step in on the weeks that I cannot be here because life gets in the way. And for some reason, I don't know what it is, but every person who fills in for me <laughs> has this pathological need to say things exactly the way I do. Like to, oh, I have to do Ryan's intro. But I have to do it like in a way that like mocks the way that he says things because it's hilarious. I was surprised that I didn't get the, you know, like, like hold out note on the (laughs) How's it going today? I was shocked. Elisa and I were in tears backstage during the intro today. Like I, I was watching her. She can't see me, but I'm watching her. And we're both just losing it. We were like, what's Darn. happening? Our whole world is being shattered. We had to warn the people that South Florida was going to get annoying this week. Ryan and we're going to be annoying for a good long while. Unless like by next week, both teams are down like three games to zero and then, you know, right back to business as usual. But our fans support us no matter who we're a fan of or where we're located, because Mm -hmm. no matter where we are, we're still supporting the indie creators out there that don't really have a home. We're all just kind of roaming. That was a nice (laughs) pivot by producer Lord to say, get back to talking about indie creators. Hey, we, we we did write by our friends at Slam Radio who love it when we talk sports because that is <laughs> primarily a, a sports talk radio station. But we have lots of things to be obnoxiously celebratory about aside yeah. from just sports fandom. Elisa, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but just to give people a little sneak peek, you've had yourself a pretty impressive few weeks since you've been on the show last. You've released a couple really terrific projects. Uh, just, just, just give us a, little, a quick little taste. What, what's, what, what do you have coming out that we're going to talk a little bit more about later? I read young adult fiction to you. Some slow burn romance right into your ear holes after this. <laughs> well, so yeah, I, well, I want to talk, I want to talk about the, the, the projects that you have coming mm. out. Um, and then we'll, and, but I also want to have you do, because last time we had you on for the ALI Overlord tip of the week, you oh, did read some young adult or you, you read some trashy romance novel yes. and, as an audiobook narrator. Cause just okay, for people who are new, Elisa is a professional audiobook narrator. She's got a couple audiobooks that have come out recently. We're going to talk all about them. So, so proud of her. Uh, Rocket, there you go. Uh, hey. Perch, there it is. Yeah. The show's highest honor, the cartoon party horn. And, when we do the AI Overlord tip of the week with her, she often uses it as a, we have the AI Overlord write some novels out of, you know, with that feature tips for indie creators. And then Elisa reads them with her amazing audiobook narration skill. Last time we did this, Elisa, we did it as a trashy romance novel and you did an impeccable job. But I think the, I think where your, your real forte is in young adult fiction. That's mm-hmm. your, that's, you know, you, you, you're putting out some great work there lately. And so I think we got to play to that strength. Yeah. And so sure. let's, let's get right into that. Can we just let, let's go and get our AI Overlord tip of the week. All right. For so for this, yeah, get yourself warmed up. For this tip of the week, we asked Chad GPT, the AI overlord, to write a young adult fan <laughs> or a young adult novel, a coming of age kind of story that you know the the fifteen to nineteen, thirteen to nineteen year olds are going to devour. And but throughout that novel, we are going to intersperse advice for indie creators about how to be more uh, visually prominent on live streaming platforms. Mm. And so as both a young adult audiobook narrator, Elisa, and a terrific live streamer, I feel like all of this just plays to your strengths. And so I, I would, you know, without further ado, do you have the piece that we that uh, Chad GPT wrote for you there? Yes, I do believe I have it pulled up. Thank you. All right. So we're going to have you, much as you already interpret the work of so many great authors, we're going to have you interpret Chad GPT's masterpiece here. We're going to put a little bit of music behind you this, this time to really kind of set the mood. So go ahead and take it away for us. All right. <clears throat> if you want to know what 15 looks like, it's a mouthful of braces, frizzy hair that won't be tamed, 
and an unwavering belief that you can rule the world from your bedroom with just a laptop, a dream, and an obsession with anime. That was me, Lucy Carter, in the summer before sophomore year. That was the summer I started live streaming. In my mint green room filled with band posters and fairy lights, I'd perch on my swivel chair, clicking my mouse in a rhythmic pattern. My first dreams were gaming. Me huddled over my computer, doing my best to kick butt at shadow walkers. It was simple, ordinary, and it felt just right. But as the summer wore on, I began noticing other streamers. Their streams were bright, vibrant, and well, <laughs> pretty. Their screens were like visions from a digital wonderland. My game conquests, on the other hand, seemed dull in comparison. One evening, in the orange glow of the setting sun, my best friend, Mia, tuned into my stream. Afterwards, she looked at me and said, Luce, your streams are fun, but it's time to jazz things up. It's not just about what you do, but how it looks. Aesthetics matter. Aesthetics? I thought. We were gaming, not modeling. But Mia, with her pink hair and a piercing in her eyebrow, knew a thing or two about style. And so, I decided to take her advice. Over the next week, I became an indie creator on a mission. I learned about overlays, customizing my webcam border, adding a chat box on the screen, using fun alerts for new subscribers and donations. I learned to balance my screen so that the gameplay had enough space, but viewers could also see my reactions. I played with colors, designs, moving elements, and soon my once plain stream transformed into a dynamic, visually pleasing spectacle. When I, saw the when I saw the outcome, I couldn't help but beam. My live stream was now more than just me playing a game. It was an experience, a visual journey that I was inviting my viewers to embark upon with me. So here's my advice to you, my fellow live streamers. Don't underestimate the power of visuals. Making your stream visually appealing not only catches the eye, but it also creates an engaging atmosphere for your viewers. It's like inviting someone into your home. You want to make it comfortable, inviting, a place they'd love to come back to. It was a simple tip, but it was the one that changed my live streaming journey. Because in the end, it's not just about the game you play, it's also about how you invite others to play along with you. Yeah! Woo! Almost, almost made it all the way through, but dang it! Man. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't be that good <laughs> at interpreting a AI prompt, writing a completely silly young adult novel, like like you don't have to go uh. so hard on it. <laughs> like you understand, this is supposed to be just like a silly, hilarious premise. Like, but you're going for awards here. I mean, look. Ever since I learned that an Audi was a thing, I've been gunning for it. <laughs> is it really? Because I, I, I think it is. Yeah, we got to get you some hardware. You are, you are uh, so very minutes. good at this. My goodness, that was. <laughs> I mean, and you know, as much as I was, and again, as much as I was just captivated in the pros, like there was a lot of very actually genuinely good advice there. Good. I think, yeah. I think ChatGPT actually did a pretty good job of capturing a lot of important things about making your live streams more engaging. I was taking notes. Yeah, I was like. Huh. Like, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Those are you know, those are actually some really good best practices on legitimate aesthetics. I was like, OK, chill. Overlays, chat boxes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, playing with colors. Um, oh, very, very cool. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, an another <laughs> banger from the AI overlord assisted by uh, one of the one of the cool, great uh, young adult narrators in the business right now, Elisa Rockdock. <laughs> Uh, th thank you for, for bringing just so much professionalism to our silly proceedings here. I got to bring the heat. I got to bring the heat. You do bring the heat um, like a like a Caleb Martin shooting performance, just <laughs> bringing the heat. And I we in the second segment, I want to talk more about the books you have coming out yes. because that's amazing. I'm so, so proud of you. And I want to tell people more about it. And I just want to hear more about like the process of how something like yeah. this comes together and it's it, so many questions. Anyway, okay. before we get to that, though, uh, I got a little bit of uh, legal news here. Uh, er oh. Earlier this month, um, I don't actually, do, do, wait, do we, let me see, let me check my sound effects board. Do we have Armand Asante? <gasps> no, nope, that's not it. Why did you touch me? 
There it is. You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Sorry, I got a new sound effects board. Everything got moved around, but we found it. We found it. Earlier this month, Elisa, an Australian federal court found that pop singer Katy Perry's merchandise line infringed on the trademark of a fashion designer who uses the name Katy Perry, but spelled K-A-T-I-E, to sell her clothing line. Oh, so close. In a 15-year trademark battle that the presiding judge Brigitte Markovic called A Tale of Two Women, Two Teenage Dreams, and One Name. That was a quote from the ruling. The court found that the pop star's clothing lines, Katy Perry and Kitty Purry, infringed on I.E. Katy's trademark. What? Yeah. It is a, it's an important sort of cautionary tale that I, I think, even though we don't have merchandise lines in the same way that Katy Perry does, I think it is a nice opportunity to kind of... I'm hearing some uh, echo from Elisa's thing. Mm. Can we put the echo console, cancellation back on for her just because that's going to throw me off all day long? Um, so it's a, at least so you and I, we've spoken on the show about kind of the importance of getting a trademark in your name as a creative professional, right? And, you know, making sure your band name is available. If you're performing under a band name to make sure you get that registration in certain trademark classes related to music, such as class 41 entertainment services and class nine, which is about uh, putting out physical uh, CDs and digital downloads and things like that. Those tend to be the first sort of trademark classes that we think of as a creator in in that, oh, I'm going to be a creator. These are the trademarks I have to get registered in my name. But if you have ambitions to do other things with that name that are music adjacent, such as putting out a merchandise line, maybe T-shirts or hats, caps, sweaters, what have you, then you want to start giving some thought as early as possible to getting the trademark registration in those goods and services classes as early as possible and preferably before somebody else nabs that name from you. Yep. Um, so you don't end up like our dear friend, uh, Katy Perry. And and so I think the path that I often recommend to artists in this space is if you have, if you're out there, you're making music or you're any kind of creator, Right. And you're performing under that name and you have a trademark for that name in entertainment services. The moment that you give some thought to maybe I could consider someday in the future doing something in merchandise. That is the time to start being actionable about seeing if that if the name at which you perform is available in those categories. You talk to a lawyer, they can do a trademark search, uh, both domestically and internationally, to see if your name is available in class in trademark classes related to, say, apparel, shirts, hats, things like that. And so even if you're not going to start creating that apparel tomorrow, or maybe you're not selling it already, you can at least start the process. So the trademark office has something called an intent-to-use trademark application, where you can basically reserve a name um, where you file the name and then you say to the trademark office, I'm going to use this name within the next six months. And as long as you do, you can get the trademark and you can file for extensions for that up to three years. So in theory, if you know you're going to put out merchandise within the next three years under that name, you can file an intent to use application now and make sure, and then you know create that product at some time in the next three years. And here's the other thing that a trademark search can do for you. It's possible that somebody else is already using your name in apparel, as happened to Katy Perry. That's a good thing for you to learn now, now. before you go out and start selling merchandise under that name and getting yourself sued. And by the way, it's not the worst thing in the world if somebody is using your name in apparel. There are plenty of examples of artists out there who are are creating very successful merchandise lines under different names than their performer name. I mean, Rihanna comes to mind, and there's about a million others. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's a good thing for you to know now before you start investing a lot of money in creating merchandise under a name that might not belong to you because somebody else owns it. This um, is a cautionary tale brought to you by a video game that I absolutely love that can have all sorts of merch except clothing because of the exact same issue. Is that so right? You, yep. Yep. There is um, a a music game that I love and may have <laughs> featured in my dissertation 
um, <laughs> that if you notice their merch that is that may or may not be available for purchase is picks and strings and guitar straps. And there is nary a T-shirt or tank to be found because they can't do apparel because someone else has the apparel trademark for the name of that video game. So I can't get my favorite video games T-shirts unless unless they're given away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wild um, and does not surprise me that something like that can happen. The or a lot of, uh, you know, going back to intent to use trademarks, what a lot of these superstar artists tend to do if they have, you know, if they're if they're superstars and they're, you know, they catch lightning in a bottle or whatever. You'll see this if you go on to like the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office re- website, like go look up, you know, one of these like just brand new artists that's, you know, caught lightning in a bottle, super famous, somebody like Olivia Rodrigo. I'm guessing if you type Olivia Rodrigo mm. into um, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website, you're obviously going to see a trademark registration for entertainment services that's active. But you're probably going to see about a bajillion filings that are intent to use in almost any category that you could think of that an artist might want to get into in terms of merchandise. Hats, shirts, stickers, posters, you know, aluminum siding, whatever it is, right? You're going to find a <laughs> inordinate number of intent to use trademark applications where Olivia Rodrigo's or any of these artist teams goes, we're not making stuff in this yet, but we're going to soon. Let's make sure that the name is available and let's, you know, file the intent to use application to kind of set our place in line for it now so that when, when the Olivia Rodrigo brand mufflers come out, <laughs> I we mean, already got the rights to it. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to brand partnerships, if she came out with a whole brand of driver's license, <laughs> holders, steering wheel covers, I mean, it would work. It's obvious. <laughs> I mean, if we just thought of this, like naturally, Olivia's team is all over it. <laughs> you know, it, it when 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 you're driving alone past his street, you know, you can have the Olivia Rodrigo brand steering wheel fuzzy cover. So when you were when you were driving through your boyfriend's house in the suburbs sobbing, you need to be sobbing into your Olivia Rodrigo branded steering wheel cover. Yes, because and and make sure that you have your Olivia Rodrigo brand safety um safety bags, your airbags installed because why? It's brutal out here. That's uh, but yeah, I it's it happens all the time. And honestly, with like smaller creators, this has happened in the beauty space where there are beauty creators that have kind of dipped their toes into things like loungewear and stuff, and they've created gear. And there are other smaller creators that have done the thing in loungewear before, established a name, but because someone with a bigger name got the trademark tough cookie that kind of stuff can absolutely happen and so you see a lot of these superstar artists who are very proactive about getting a bunch of these intent to use applications you know under the sun to avoid the exact same thing that you're talking about there lisa that being said for indie creators it really is a question of kind of balancing and finding the best use of your resources because these applications aren't cheap an intent to use trademark application is going to run you about $250 to $350 per mark per class. Oh. And for every six-month extension you want to file because you don't get that product out there in six months, I think that's going to set you back like another 100 or 150 bucks. So, oh. you know, this is this is an investment. And so I have I've had clients, by the way, who will say, oh, we want to, you know, you know, oh, we need a registration in deodorant and mufflers and <laughs> And I and I tell them like, are you actually going to create mufflers in the next six months, in the next three years? And so we try to bring them back down to earth, figure out what the more and more likely registrations are, and start with those first. And then if they have more resources later, move into uh, you know car parts, whatever else they. So wanna. you're saying I shouldn't do Crimson Echoes aluminum siding? You absolutely should. It is a natural progression for your band's product line. I would not put any other siding on my house. Actually, um, a Crimson Echoes would be good with a battery company since our, our hit is called Don't Stop. So, uh-huh. There you go. 
I right, love so it. I'm gonna, you know, aluminum just, siding. Just log on to the trademark office. See if we can <laughs> spot on that. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk even more about Elisa's amazing audiobook projects that are coming out. We also have uh, some other funny hijinks. Uh, we're going to talk about summer games done quick, and we're going to continue to be insufferable by the Heat and the Panthers. Don't go anywhere. Break the business. We'll be right back. Heat and three. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm, RKPA, does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Thank you for checking us out wherever you're checking us out, on all the major podcast platforms, live streaming platforms, and Sirius XM 145. Wherever you're checking us out, we are so, so glad that you are. Ryan Carell here with Elisa Rockdoc, uh, and just having the time of our lives. Elisa, in the two-minute break of the commercial oh. break, all right, just for, for bleeps and giggles, I went onto the Patent and Trademark Office website and searched <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. Because I wanted to see, because again, I just pulled that name out of thin air, hand to God, all right? I just wanted to see, does Olivia Rodrigo have any just random ass intent to use trademark applications that she does not have the registration for yet, but this is, but she's just looking for like random product lines and ooh, I hit a treasure trove. Oh, all right. I'm going to read for you some of the product areas where she currently has intent to use trademark applications. All right. Olivia Rodrigo branded eye creams, facial cleansers, skin toners, facial moisturizers, body exfoliant creams, makeup removers, fragrance emitting wicks for room fragrances, scented Mm -hmm. linen sprays. Yep. Uh, How about some beverage wear, cups and mugs, disposable dinnerware, china (laughs) ornaments, makeup brushes, kitchen linens, curtain holders of textile, textile (laughs) banners, non-woven fabrics, and like that's still the first page. Now, a a pop artist coming out with a skincare and makeup line, dime a dozen. Makes sense. Everybody's into skin these days. Where where you lost me was, was the curtain rod? The, I mean, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Yep. What, are you? Who? Who else would you trust more to make your curtain rods? You know, next time I'm at Lowe's, I'll. Just, just, I can't just, get my. Yes, please record yourself going to Home Depot and asking like the burliest, toughest, orange aproned <laughs> employee there. Have the new Olivia Rodrigo's come in? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for the 2023 uh, Rodrigo's in curtain rods. Going, uh, going for that, uh, you know, postmodern high school musical <laughs> chic. <laughs> yes. Um. So obviously, a, a big theme for this week has been how this program is 305 till we die. Whether we are currently residing in the 305 or at least a suburb thereof, or you are repping the 305 out in Dallas. 
it's still in our blood, baby. Oh, yeah. And as 305 people, we are always on high alert for this time of year of hurricane season. <laughs> so I don't know if you do this, Elisa. Mm. You know, like obviously, like, you know, hurricanes aren't something that I know they still get some hurricanes out in Texas, but it doesn't it doesn't freak you out the way it used to when you were nah. in down down in this peninsula I but i don't know if you did this when you were in like hurricane high alert mode but i have an annual tradition that when the national weather service releases the list of names that they're going to name the hurricanes after for this year the first thing i do is i will look at the names and just by the names alone i will immediately decide which hurricanes i am more afraid of and less afraid of <laughs> Because there are certain hurricane names, and, and maybe I'm the only one who does this, but there are certain no. hurricane names that if I see, if I see like a Hurricane Greg come out, oh, I'm like, God. Greg's pretty <laughs> chill. Greg's not going to do anything to us, you know. Like it, it'll, you know, he'll he'll blow through. He'll say what's up, and like not a not a roof shingle will be askew. Downgraded to a tropical this. storm. That's right. Yeah, Greg's not even getting to a cat one. Yeah. But there are certain names that when I see that name, if that if that hurricane name gets announced, I'm like, we're all going to die. <laughs> and so I I wondered. So we have the 2023 storm names. They've just been announced okay. by the National Weather Service. And I and I'm wondering if you look at any of those names, Lauren, if you could put those up for us. Ooh. Do any of those names, and I'll just read them out very quickly for anybody. Do any of those names scary? So we have Arlene, Brett, Cindy, Dawn, Emily, Franklin, Gert. Gert, Harold, Adalia, Jose, Katya, Lee, Margot, Nigel, Ophelia, Philippe, Rena, Sean, Tammy, Vince, and Whitney. Hurricane Nigel, not even getting out of bed for it. Are you I mean, serious? Because like when I saw Nigel, I can think of a lot of artists and singers that would be scared. Of an why? Because of judges that judge us. Oh, because oh, like judgy. They and it feels like Nigel. <laughs> I oh, thought he, I thought I thought Nigel would just be more of a more of like a like a Hugh Grant sort of I like foppishly apologizing proper. as it trips over the keys like oh sorry oh oh, oh no. I'm sorry oh, I'm sorry. That is exactly <laughs> my thought when I saw Nigel. Is is it, it was Hugh Grant and Notting Hill just I I knock over that beta glass. So so sorry. Goodness. Um, now hurricane katia shows up mm. we're hiding no. now in puerto rico idalia if idalia shows up oh no that's it, a scary it, one it is, it is it is drought conditions and i am definitely bathing in a large garbage can for about a week not speaking from personal experience or anything <laughs> um now of all of the names on this list if there is one name and that that I read out that I swear if this if this name becomes a hurricane I'm evacuating. And like I don't even mean evacuating Miami like I'm leaving the continent. Yeah. If Hurricane Gert Gert Gert's going to mm -hmm. wreck us all. And if there and if Gert doesn't do it Philippe's finishing the job. <laughs> like legit. Yeah, Philippe, Hurricane Philippe, you're going to think like when Hurricane Philippe shows up, you're going to you're going to get lulled into a false sense of security. Like you don't think Philippe's going to hurt you, but Philippe's going to hurt you. Yeah. And, and, we, and we've Tammy, all been hurt by a Philippe. Philippe. Tammy is going to park itself there and be real <laughs> slow. Develop that eye. I ain't moving. <laughs> Strong eyewall on Tammy. <laughs> oh, my God. If Gert and Tammy are back to back. Mm. Bring mm. bring back Max Mayfield for Tammy. <laughs> they were, that, is, that, is, that is the notion of when Max Mayfield gets brought out of retirement because a storm is so bad yep. is such a ridiculously local reference. Yep. That like the three people listening to this from South Florida know exactly what we're talking about, and everybody else is like, who is Max Mayfield? I was under the understanding that this show was a 305 episode today. <laughs> That's true. We get to be annoying about it. Yes. There you go. Local references. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, what when 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 the when the three hundred year old meteorologist Max Mayfield gets like 
let out of his cryogenic freezing state because a hurricane is so bad that we need his advice and we need him on television, that's when you know it's time to evacuate. Yep, and as to Daniel Naruto's point, Hurricane Ophelia would get me to a nunnery. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So that that's enough of that. Just looking at those names scares me. I hate You know what's great? I'm looking season. forward to this segment, Aging Like Milk. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep, it's all marked down. When Hurricane Nigel is a Category 7 oh. and just lays waste to all of us, you know, it the, the last memories we're all going to have before we are just ripped away is me doing a horrific Hugh Grant impression and yep. you doing a horrific Hugh Grant mm -hmm. impression. You're yeah. in this too. All right, we both be smirch, Nigel. All right. Um I, I a lot of stuff to get excited about with Break the Business, Elisa. I was asking you in the break, and I'm glad you know who this person is. I I, I wrote to you in the private chat and I said, Do you know who the TikToker Reb Mazel is? And you did. And it's true. Mm -hmm. You have sent Love me, it. you know, she's an amazing uh, lawyer on TikTok who, uh, well, she just thinks she like reads deposition transcripts that are hilarious. Uh, she's also partnering with Taco Bell to try to get the Taco Tuesday trademark that somebody else owns uh, invalidated. It's all delightful. Once I heard about the Taco Tuesday thing, Elisa, I immediately put out a DM to Reb Mazel's people and said, please come and talk to us about Taco Tuesday and just everything about you because you're amazing. And so Reb Mazel, I believe, is going to be joining us in July. So no way. that's, that's a look awesome. forward to. Yeah. I love her. I believe we're also close to landing the plane on an American Idol winner coming up soon this summer. Okay, I was about uh, to say, I, don't jinx it. I don't want to reveal which one it is, but I will say it's one of the ones that a millennial would have heard of. <laughs> so it's not one of the ones you're like, who's that? Like our, our demographic, you're going to know who this person is. I'm excited. Yeah, we've got a lot to be excited about this summer, but we got a lot about a lot to be excited about right this freaking second. Because boy, do you have some career updates for us, Elisa? I, I I will give you an opportunity to tell everybody about the two books that you have narrated that have come out. Uh, tell us about it. Yes, so I have narrated two books. I believe both are by HarperCollins, uh, the Balzer and Bray imprint of HarperCollins. They are both young adult fiction novels. Um, and the first one is Julieta and the Romeos by Maria E. Andreu. Um, I read the audiobook for that, and it is the story of a young latina writer protagonist that goes to a summer writing retreat um and is doing cooperative fiction writing with an anonymous author that starts contributing to her story and starts intriguing her very much so she spends the rest of the summer trying to figure who's mystery collaborator and admirer is but you're gonna have to read or listen to the book to find out so that's oh. that one that's a good sales job. Very, very excited. That could be like childhood best friend to lovers or enemies to lovers or like boy next door to lovers. Maybe I'll think, who knows? So you're going to have to read the book to find out on that one. The other one is the Luis Ortega Survival Club by Sonora Reyes. That one actually came out yesterday um actually last week yeah yeah that one came out last week so super excited for that one um that one tells the tale of a um young autistic protagonist who had a bad situation happen to her at a party and she teams up with uh the rest of her found family this is a great tale of found family uh to get revenge uh because this dude has been a menace to the school for far too long and so they join the Luis Ortega Survival Club. So it's a it's a wonderful tale of revenge and found family um and as a queer neurodivergent latina um it gives me great joy to be reading these stories um and reading these protagonists and and bringing them to life and I wish I had these books when I was a teenager because they would have helped me contextualize a lot of stuff. Um, so I'm I'm proud to have these books out in the world so that hopefully more young adult Latinas um, can see themselves and their families represented. Oh, and it features families apologizing. Huge, huge. <laughs> if you are into like 
romance, beautiful beach reads, and parents apologizing. Both these books are for you. It's becoming beautiful. my favorite genre of media is parents <laughs> apologizing core. Let me talk to you a little bit more about the Luis Ortega Survival Club, if for no other reason that it's the one of the two I've read so far. Oh. Um, now that the other book I'm sure isn't great, I just haven't gotten to it yet. And I'm about 23 <laughs> chapters deep into the Luis Ortega Survival mm. Club, and I am thoroughly enjoying it. And yeah. I am thoroughly enjoying your narration, and I've been... Oh, I've no, been you're racking... listening to it. <laughs> That's what I mean. Well, yeah, I, I'm listening to it. I wasn't oh. expecting you to... Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. We're not doing that this week. We're not doing the Elisa dumping on herself, you know, imposter syndrome stuff. You did an incredible You had enough of my job. middle school. Okay, well, so I've been racking... It's interesting you bring that up. I, I, uh, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out, like, what is the compliment I could give that, like, best encapsulates what I really enjoyed about your narration performance in that book. And I think what it is, is that even though you are not the author of this book, it is uh, the very talented Sonora Reyes who wrote this book. As I'm listening to you narrate it, I find myself forgetting that you are reading somebody else's book. And it, I just feel like you are basically, basically, you know what it is, is it sounds like you're just reading one of your live journals from junior yep. high. <laughs> because, especially because the book is in first person. Ah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, oh man, wait till you freaking read Julieta then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, but, and, and it's, it, I mean, and so among the many things I want to ask you about this performance, you you are, you are correct in that, there is a lot about there's a lot of similarities between you and the character that you're, you're narrating in first person in this book. And obviously you were able to channel a lot of your own life experience and, you know, your own heritage and everything else into what I think is an amazing narration performance. But I think there's also a lot of things about the character that are not, you know, are, are not similar to you. Right. Um, you know, without revealing too much about the book, uh, the uh, the character uh, Ariana is selectively mute, mm -hmm. and though that is not an adjective that I would ascribe to you in any circumstance, and and so there are certainly parts about her that that are not of your experience that you had to channel and you know take stuff that you know that you are that do you do have similarities to and come up with this performance. Can you walk us through what was you know what was the process? to finding this character's voice and bringing it out onto the, onto the recording. Gosh, um, it's, it's weird because so far the, the three audiobooks I've, I've done like character work on one audiobook that felt more sort of like an audio play, but in terms of like the three major narrations that I've done, um, it's been for a lot of characters that have been that have just felt really really easy for me to step into and i'm i basically just try to pretend that i'm i'm reading to evan <laughs> essentially um and it's weird because it feels very instinctual i'm not thinking too much necessarily so much as like when a new character is introduced and then I have the panic of, oh, crap, I have to come up with a different voice for this one. <laughs> that sounds distinct. And then by chapter, you know, 30, um, you know, I have like five different people talking in a room and I'm like, well, this is going to be fun. Um, and it's it's weird because I haven't taken any classes. I am very green. Um, I was... Uh, my agent contacted me and was like, Hey, you want to do this? These are audiobooks. I mean, we don't usually field audiobook requests, but you've done it before. You want to do it? And I looked at the synopses and I was like, Yeah, absolutely. I had such a great experience doing The Lost Dreamer um, a couple of years back that I was like, Yeah, I'll, I'll sit in front of a microphone and 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 read if you know if, if the story's cool. Um, and it turns out the stories were very very cool. To the, the stories point are very cool. Yes. To the point that I actually had to figure out like a workflow to work with my brain so that I didn't get caught up too much reading and tire my voice out or literally forget to eat while I'm <laughs> while I'm reading all these chapters. Um, yeah, it's. I feel very, very green, but I just think about 
what kind of storytelling I would like to do. And I think because I have so many connections, like still literally from like my high school and middle school years, it's really easy for me to get back into that headspace and how I felt. And just if, if there are things that maybe you thought that weren't relatable, then uh, I was masking really, really well <laughs> because there's, there's a lot in there that, you know, even as I'm reading it, I'm realizing, oh, maybe that's what happened to me or oh. something, you know, yeah. or like, oh, maybe that's why I feel, you know, certain ways, you know, like, like Ari is, Ari, the protagonist for the Luis Ortega Survival Club, she's autistic with selective mutism. Um, but I, you know, am going through sort of like my own journey, trying to like investigate my my own neurodivergence and seeing I'm like, oh boy, um, I didn't think that I was going to relate to Ari, but here I am really, really, really feeling her. Um, so I think I got lucky in in that sense to be paired with like such amazing protagonists and amazing authors and I give gave me great joy to see the pronunciation lists for these books and see see words like okay well we we have to make sure that Elisa knows how to pronounce empanada and <laughs> <laughs> and morcillas and tostones and you know arroz con pollo and like all of these and and the last names and everything and I'm like oh no this is just <laughs> going to feel like like coming home you're, you're Ron Swanson walking into the hardware store I know more than you <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh no, it's okay, baby. I've got you because I, I can only imagine like how much, how much work it might be. Literally, did not know the authors until I pinged them a couple of weeks ago to congratulate them on the book once it was out, and they're like, oh my god, I didn't know it was you. Thank you so much. It was an amazing thing, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like you didn't even, didn't even really know, but. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I was hopefully able to do their, their work justice. I, I hope that and it sounds like this is the case. I hope that the author was as satisfied as I was in the belief that like, I don't like honest to God, I don't think there is a human being walking this planet that I think was more ready to adequately interpret Sonora Reyes's words than you were be between the talent that you have, but just the experience that you brought to it. And again, I forgot, like there were times I forgot that you were narrating a book. Like <laughs> I feel like, like Elisa was just telling me her life story or whatever. Like I, I've known you long enough to like hear, like know, to know what it sounds like when you're just reading from your live journal. Like that's, <laughs> it, it took me back to that because of, of just how natural the words and how, and how naturally you made it all sound and, and just how like absorbed in the story I got. And, so, I mean, do you find that it, it's uh, it's easier for you to narrate a first-person story where you can really just kind of get into that person's voice a lot more clearly because of how it's written? Yeah, so far, yes, um, because it, it it feels like, you know, it, it feels more seamlessly integrated to things that I do, like character voice acting um, or even like some more character-focused commercial acting that I do. So in that case, it's like, okay, I'm speaking in first person. I'm a character. Boop, let's go. But I've also done, you know, like some nonfiction reading um, and narration, which, you know, hey... Um, are there any you know educational opportunities for for making uh, any educators work more accessible? Um, I'm I'm happy to do so, but um, yeah, I would I would love to have more more experience trying out all sorts of different things. I would I would love to be the voice of the Four Dummies series. I don't know, bring it on. <laughs> um, I'm kind of going with with uh, with what they what they send me so far. That 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 first person feels feels really really good. Um, and, and I love doing like the character voice bit and, you know, hopefully it did so far you're enjoying it. So hopefully, hopefully other people have a good time with it too. I am so unbelievably proud of you, uh, for mm. just, just, I'm really, really enjoying it. So it's L Luis Ortega. You know what? I'm not going to read the book titles cause I'm <laughs> well, let me do like, it. cause, cause I, I am, I am Cody Zeller. <laughs> you are Cody Zeller. <laughs> um, Please tell people, you know, like, rather than have me, like, just 
disrespect you know an entire culture by trying to read these titles could you tell people these books and where they can find them again Absolutely. So you would be looking for Julieta and the Romeos by Maria E. Andreu, as well as the Luis Ortega Survival Club by Sonora Reyes. Wherever fine books and audio books are available, ask your local library um, and use the Libby app. You can even use the Libby app to download stuff from your local library up to and including audio books. So make sure to ask your library for those too. Maybe not make your library audio. in Florida because it's going to get banned in like three, two, <laughs> On one. But, you, know, you know, yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> and, and look, I, I will say this, like, you know, if you if you are the sort of person that just likes to read, read and doesn't like enjoy audiobooks, that's fine. Really but cool. like if you're on the fence about like how you should consume this, I think Sonora Reyes's words coupled with Elisa's narration and interpretation of those words make for a really enjoyable experience. All right. Thank you so much. And um, I don't know. Hopefully this is uh, only the start of me getting to read for y'all professionally. Between this and the uh, Chad GPT written stuff, I think you got a bright future. Our thanks to you, Elisa Rock Talk. Our thanks to producer Lauren. And thanks to all of you viewers and listeners for putting up with our uh, insufferability about our Heat and Panthers fandom and for checking out Break the Business. We love you. Mwah. We'll see you next week.